This is Jason Wood, and you're listening to the Barstar Happy Hour Podcast. Coming to you from Las Vegas, this is the Barstar's Happy Hour, a show for bar people by bar people. We'll get to know different bar stars from around the globe and serve up tips, tricks, and the untold tales of the industry. So whether you sling drinks in a bar or just enjoy a round or two, join us for happy hour, because this pod's for you. Grab your favorite cocktail, because we are back. (laughs) Hi, everyone. We're back, baby. Episode 25. Welcome into the Bar Stars Happy Hour podcast. My name is Tom. I'm Jackie. And we're back. We're back. Took a week off. (laughs) You know, got to do that sometimes. Recharge the batteries. Um, But like you heard, we have an amazing interview uh, with Mr. Jason Wood, and can't wait to get to that. But we want to read another review. This one comes out of Facebook. Yeah, it says, huge shout out to Tom and Jackie for their achievements with the Bar Stars Happy Hour podcast. This was the first podcast I ever listened to, and it helped me so much get through the pandemic. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love Las Vegas and being able to connect with flair friends and industry pioneers has been a joy over the past 24 Tuesdays. I know a lot of my industry friends have posted asking for Netflix or show recommendations, so take my advice and check out their show on your favorite podcast platform. You'll be surprised how much you learn about Sin City, the ins and outs of nightlife, and life through the eyes of some world-class industry professionals. Cheers, friends. That is so nice. That's awesome. That is so, so cool. Um, who Who is that from? Paul Newman. Noonham. Paul Noonham. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. Um, we love all the reviews that we're getting. Apple Podcasts, and even now, you know, from our website and Facebook, people are writing stuff, and it's just, it's getting re- to be really, really cool to know how many people we are reaching. Yeah, um, and honestly, even just to hear that, you know, it helped you or this person get through the pandemic, I mean, that that's why this started, and that's kind of what we were hoping for, and to be honest, I mean, to me, that's, that's success, is knowing that we reached even just one person and help them enjoy their day a little bit more. I mean, that's just, that's amazing. That's a great feeling. So thank you guys so much. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, we want to be your, your weekly dose to kick back and relax. And (laughs) we've said it from the beginning. We know what the grind is about and we want to just give everybody a little time out and have a happy hour. Um, if you love what we're doing, uh, you can now buy us a cocktail from um buymeacoffee.com buymeacoffee slash barstarspodcast.com and you can buy us a cocktail buy us a coffee or support the show in any way you can that is amazing amazing. that's sweet all right let's get to it let's i'm i'm excited i haven't talked to this dude in a long time so let's go (laughs) ladies and gentlemen today we are joined by someone i have literally known for three quarters of my life it's a long time (laughs) he was one of my best friends growing up um and he's just a really really cool dude really creative and a rock star behind the bar and a rock star in person as he traveled the world um but we're gonna get into it this is my boy mr jason wood from buffalo new york how are you sir welcome to the show well hello both of you it's wonderful to be here thanks for coming of course yeah, I first brought you up uh, on Travis Tober's episode. Um, I talked to him a while ago and knew he was from Buffalo. And I said, you must know my boy, my boy Jason. He's from Buffalo. <laughs> I literally grew up with this dude. And he's like, oh, Jason Wood. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. So um, 
The world is so small. It is. <laughs> it's scary. It, it came up, and I said, "I want. I we should get Jason on the show. This should be pretty cool." Um, but yes, you are not to give all your secrets away, but you are from Grand Rapids, Michigan, like myself. We went to high school together. We we did a lot together, my man. And uh, years and years and decades later, here we are. So it's really, really cool for you to reconnect with you and get you on the show, man. This is really awesome. It's awesome, man. I mean, I think the last time I saw you, we were on tour passing through Vegas and ended up uh, going to visit you at the, the Riv. Yeah. You were upstairs was, at the Voodoo Lounge, I think. Just yep. flipping oh, that bottle, was a long time ago. Flipping that, bottles all over the place and serving $22 Michelob lights. <laughs> that sounds like life down here in Vegas. That's about it. Sounds like <laughs> it. Yeah, man. Over the top of the Rio. Um, but let's get into a little bit um, how you ended up in Buffalo, to be honest. Um, you toured with a band called uh, It Dies Today and... A pretty hardcore band, but you guys were pretty successful. I just saw um, somebody posted something about it, tagged you in it, and said you just hit a million streams on Spotify or something like that. And I don't know how oh, how yeah. long it's been, but yeah, I mean, you guys were you guys were doing pretty well for a while. I know you've been in tons of bands. I mean, we kind of started in music together, and you were in a band with a yeah. couple of our best friends. And um, for you to kind of take it there was really really cool. How did you get into that? What was touring like? Uh, and how'd you end up, ultimately end up in Buffalo? I mean, it came down to when I was growing up, it was like, I was really into art, but I was really into music and it kind of, there was going to be some kind of split, something creative had to happen. And PS, I do want to say that you were the first guy I ever knew, uh, to get a tattoo. <laughs> when I was 18, exactly. Yep. I, You're the I first guy I ever knew to get a tattoo. And I was like, man, that's the coolest thing in the world. I want to do that. And my dad says, <laughs> My dad literally said, if you come home with a tattoo, I will remove it myself. Oh, wow. I'm like, all right, cool. Not going to do that. But it looks really cool on you, though. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I was playing bass for um, this band called Still Remains. Still Remains is also from Grand Rapids, uh, another hardcore band that was on uh, Roadrunner Records. Their bass player just bought a house, had you know a kid or two maybe, and he's just like... I. I can't go to the UK. Do you want to come and fill in? (laughs) (laughs) And they knew that I could play bass or guitar, you know, of primarily a singer. But so then I got to go to the UK for, for uh, two weeks and play like 13 shows in two weeks there um, playing bass for them. And then we did another tour that summer. uh, And actually it dies today was on that tour. Oh, okay. so it, it. I kept running into them, which was weird. So they were they were a day ahead of us in the UK for that tour in the UK, and we met up met up with them a couple times. And then they were on this other tour, uh, big like festival sort of tour uh, that summer. So I kept bumping into them there, and it was funny because the Nick Brooks, the old singer of It Dies Today, had chatted with me, and he's just like, you know maybe you want to play bass for us. And I was just like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then maybe I do. <laughs> and then later that summer, what ended up happening was, uh, he ended up leaving the band. So they asked me if I wanted to sing for him. So I'm like, that's, you know, more of what my passion was. Wait, so I can go from basses to lead singer. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. 
So they they asked uh, guys in the dice today asked me to come out to Buffalo and uh, try out. So I came out and spent about a week with them playing through the songs, and they dug it. I joined the band in like December 2006, and then the first tour was like January 2007, and we the first tour we went out with Papa Roach. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> Which sounds kind of crazy because, like, we're a hardcore <laughs> band or, you know, metalcore because singing and screaming stuff. And then right. this is like this, I mean, hard rock band, I guess, but they're kind of poppy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, it was like one of the best tours I've ever been on. Uh, those guys put on a freaking show every night. And I, he used, the singer, Jacoby, he used to pump me up. Like, I'd go off stage, I'd come off stage and he'd say, He's like, man, he goes, I got to bring the game tonight. He goes, you fucked that crowd up. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. But Do playing, it, man. But playing in front of like, you know, 2,000 kids that are hard rock fans and like heavy stuff. And then them seeing a metalcore band that's like way heavier. They're like, I didn't know this existed. Right. Oh, my God. They're like going bananas. Yeah. They're going bananas, but that was like, great. How does, how does he do that with his voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So people were just smashing into each other and having a blast. It was it was a lot of fun, and I played with those guys till um, 2010. We did uh, this thing called Soundwave Festival in Australia, um, playing with like Jane's Addiction and Faith No More wow. and yeah, that's cool. Uh, Meshuga, Anthrax. Jimmy Dude, all the bands we listened there. to growing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what this all was, was like a dream to me because we're touring with the Treyu and we're touring with like all these bands that I used to listen to back in the day. And I'm now I'm like having conversations with them like we're just normal people. And I mean, we all are normal people, but sure. it's just like... <laughs> you, you have know, that out like, of body moment, yeah. Chuck chuckling in the background, just like <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, then then 2010, a couple of the guys in our and uh, it dies today had had kids, and everyone's kind of getting older. We were kind of losing a little steam. We didn't have a record label at the time. Um, we had left Trustkill by then. And it was just getting a little bit tougher to go through everything. So we kind of like dissolved. It really wasn't like a breakup. We kind of just go, eh, right. let's just take some time. And then we just took, you know, the last 10 years. Right. Too much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we did uh, one. I did one record with them uh, called Lividity. And then uh, we did a couple. We had a couple songs on soundtracks and stuff like uh, Resident Evil Extinction. That was pretty cool. I that's think that's the last time I saw you. You said you had done that uh, the Resident Evil soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Right. My brother like went to a record store and saw like that. <laughs> he saw the, the CD and he's just like, oh, my God. He goes, you're on this CD for this movie. Like, that's amazing. And I'm like, that's the dream, man. Yeah. My brother, the doctor. So whenever oh. I can get a <laughs> leg up and he can be impressed by me, it's always great. He'll take 100%. it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Was that based out of Buffalo? I mean, how did you end up? Yeah, yeah. So the... those guys, those guys were based out of Buffalo, and once uh, I moved here, like right around when I joined the band in two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then uh, ended up sticking around afterwards. I had just met my wife uh, right before the last tours we did, and we were kind of we started dating, and then when the band kind of stopped, I was just like, well. You know, stick around here for a while and see what happens. This and is life now. Yeah. Seven, you know, not ten years later, whatever. 
When you're uh, w- when you met your wife and she heard your music, was she like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> when uh, she heard the songs and stuff, she's just kind of like, "How does that come out of you?" <laughs> like you're you're such a match up. <laughs> you're such a sweet, soft-spoken guy, and like you know, I mean, I can be loud too, but you know, I'm screaming and yelling in people's faces for you know better half of my life. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny. She was like. It's really interesting duality. I'm like, you have a lot of pent up rage, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot down deep here, you know. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I mean, I remember you. I mean, you used to sit around at house parties and shit with an acoustic guitar and playing right. Radiohead and Sublime and all that stuff. Like, and yes. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, that's um, really like I went to prom, didn't have a date. <laughs> and then afterwards, just like went to parties with my guitar and right. got got drinks, got a. People were throwing like candy and beers and whatever else in my guitar case, some money. And I'm like, yeah, this is way better than going to party somewhere. I'm just going to play music and make some dough. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> That's funny. It. Well, we uh, we love covering, you know, the bar and restaurant and, and entertainment. And I mean, you're bar and entertainment, my man. So, um, yeah, you're both yeah. of them. You, yeah. I mean, you've been rocking in Buffalo for a long time. Cocktail scene, I guess, is really taking off there. Um, and you worked at a place called Vera. Yep. And you currently work at a place called Masuda Chow's, who, by the way, I told a friend of mine about this place mm-hmm. and he said, so wait a minute, their cocktail bar with, with ramen and old school video games. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Ryan like, that's, stage. A, that's exactly who it was. And I was like, yep, that's exactly what it is. He goes, hold on. Give me your phone. So he literally <laughs> saved it. He saved it. He looked at all the pictures. He's like, oh, I'm checking this place out for sure. I'm buying a ticket. I'm going. I'm like, dude, this is this place is really, really cool. Uh, my boy Jason works there. I showed him your promo, which is yeah. really, really cool for it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, tell us a little about th- that. About I mean, I know you know musicians, and they kind of – a lot of people tend bar. You know, I was going to say, yeah, how did, you jump, how did you jump from one to the other? That was the, the easy thing, I guess, was because – you know, I had the band and what I could do is I could jump off tour and just jump back behind the bar. So, mm. and plus if, if I'm touring and then I'm bartending, now you have Jason from a dice today is bartending here. Right. Like, mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that pulls some people Cross to come in and hang out. Sure. So it was nice because I could make, you know, pretty decent money bartending for a couple of weeks before, you know, or in between tours and then jump back on tour and then kind of come back and, uh, be back at it pretty easily. So it was a nice, uh, nice break, but also a kind of a perfect fit for a long time. I've been bartending for like 20 years or something. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, but it, I mean, there's a, there is a difference if you go bartend to locals joint and you're just there to serve drinks or you oh, yeah. really get into the cocktail culture and, you know, mixology and wanting to do really, really cool stuff like that, which you did mm-hmm. and you still do. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm assuming that took the creative side of you. You were like, okay, I can take this, but I can take it further and I can really get creative and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, leaving music when I did it, uh, that I'd be like, I'd be one of those people that I, I can't live without it. Like I need to play, I need to play. And it's not that I don't need to play, but I, at the same time, I think that I just found other creative outlets. Like I found right. being able to be creative bartending and, mixing different things to create something that's, you know, essentially all five senses are, are 
getting blown up at the same time. Like that's what you want, (laughs) you know? And that's such a cool thing that you're able to impart on a customer and also being able to just educate people. That's like probably my favorite part about all of it, you know? So when all this stuff happened with the pandemic and quarantining and restaurants closing or just doing like outside dining or takeout, it's like all this gets stripped from us. And I was just looking at myself thinking like the, my favorite parts, you know, are just being able to talk to customers and right. make them smarter. Yeah. Make them more informed. So when they go into the next place, they're like, hey, man, I had this drink at this place. And then I went home and made some stuff myself. Like, hey, I made my own Orgiad. I made my own something, you know, my own Falernum. Right. And this is a cool thing I came up with here. You know, I'd have had customers bring back stuff they made at home and bring it to me and go, try this out and tell me what you think. And then make me a drink with that. And I'm like, all right. That's really cool. Game on. Let's do it. But That's yeah, really Masu- cool. Masuda Chow's was like a huge undertaking because it was an empty building that we converted into basically looks like a Japanese alleyway. You know, everything that is- sounds like a place I would literally love, <laughs> like I want to live in. <laughs> yeah. So like the bar is uh, half a shipping container cut in half. Like it's so just cool. sort of like things that if in an alleyway, they're like, hey, somebody's got a shipping container cut in half. We're going to put a bar top on it. That's our bar. Uh, what about the buildings behind us? Well, we're going to just build shelves and put shelves on the building for the, the liquor bottles and, (laughs) you know, the alleyway down the, you know, there's, it's called a Yokocho alleyway. So that's basically, you'll go into Tokyo or most places in Japan and you'll see these Yokocho alleyways. It'll have this big green sign that says which alleyway you're in and the address. And then there's just, you know, kitchen to your right, kitchen to your left. And then there are these open countertops and they're just serving ramen over just little stools put out, but you just kind of walk down this alley and just pick this one, this one, this one, and just try some stuff. So we wanted to do that feel in Masuda Chow's to kind of make it feel like you're in Japan because everyone's doing like, you know, that reclaimed wood stuff, these Edison bulb stuff, right. like it's just old like so, they're starting to look the yeah. same. Yeah. You get you transport somebody somewhere else and now you have like an it's an experience, you know. You get taken out of being in Buffalo and now you're in Japan or you know, you feel like you're in New York City or feel like you're in Toronto or or some or even Vegas at some crazy like themed bar. It's like sure. that's what it seems like. I think know? that's really cool that you we always talk about this on the show. Like it's not just about drinks. Obviously, we you know, the people make it, but like to pour your sort of creative side into creating an atmosphere as well as part of the experience. I mean, that's huge. That's awesome. And if you can take somebody out of their comfort zone a little bit and push the boundaries for them, you know, you can get people to try some pretty weird stuff and Mm -hmm. also just expand their palate and expand their minds because you get so used to just going to your corner bar and like, don't get me wrong. Like I love just sitting down somewhere and saying, you know, three fingers of whiskey and yeah. it's like $8 and I'm like sick. Yeah. Right. Awesome. I, I used to be that asshole that would carry around miniature bottles of bitters with me <laughs> and I would just get whiskey for like eight bucks and then I just put some dashes of whiskey in it or uh, bitters in there and maybe have like an airplane bottle full of simple syrup and kind of pour it in there and make my own old fashioned one. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's funny. The amount my wife has had to deal with, she just look at me and just go, what are you doing? I'm like, this is fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. They're going to crush up a bunch of cherries and oranges (laughs) and 
put a bunch of soda water and shit in there, and it's going to oh be like really messed up. So, oh my you god, you sound man, like way. Tom. We go to yeah. every restaurant, and he orders an old fashioned oh. or something similar, and then his eyes are like one eyebrow at the bar, and he's like, "They're not doing <laughs> Dude, it right. They're not doing my, it right." That's my drink. It's a Michigan thing, maybe. I don't know. I just I think after co- cocktail bartending for so long, I've just I've come to just simplicity. I just want an old fashioned. I don't know what it is. And even going to a, any cocktail bar, they have a great menu. I'll try one. I'll try two. But sure, just give me an old-fashioned. And I'm fucking super happy. And you're going to make a bunch of money because I'm just going to tip you well. And you're going to love it because you're not going to have to do a bunch of crazy shit. Exactly. I'm never going to ask you to make me a Ramos Gin Fizz. I promise you that. <laughs> and I love them, but I'm not going to do that to somebody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> not- I mean, like I said, I don't know if you – if you've seen it yet or not, but we just released our first uh, Tom's Bar episode one, and uh, it's on our our website barstarspodcast dot com and our uh, Instagram. It's on. I haven't TV. seen it. I got to check it out. And uh, I it's episode one. I made my old fashioned. I said you're <laughs> you're at my place. You're at my bar at my home. I'm making the way old fashioned the way I want to make it. And yep. dude, it's simple. I mean, there's no goddamn cherries. There's no get that shit out of here. No. Get out of my life with the soda water. <laughs> no, 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 get out, get out of there. I'm fine with, like, I'm totally f- into doing sugar cubes and the whole deal. My only problem with it is I like consistent old-fashioned top to bottom, with, minus dilution, obviously, but for sure, having that granulated sugar at the bottom, it's a sweeter drink at the bottom. I just, for me, traditionalists, I get it, but for me that's making them at home, I'm not really going to take that sugar cube and muddle it up no. and swirl it around the glass and... yeah. You know, uh, I I have I literally have a squeeze bottle of simple syrup right here. That's what I use. That's it. It's fine. That's all you got to use. That's man. all. It's I need. fine. <laughs> yeah. This Love is it. just for me. It's for me. Yeah, you're not making it to impress anybody. This is what you enjoy, and that's right. That's I think the cool part about when you enjoy what you do, you do it whether you're at work or whether you're, you're at home. It's just something you have passion about. It's something you love to do. And the fact that you can say, okay, I would make this drink at home, and this is how I would make it. This is how I think it tastes, you know, the best or what what this drink is supposed to taste like. That's great. I it pisses me off so much when I go to bars or even work at bars and the consistency is zero. I mean, like the right. old fashioned you get between me and three other bartenders that work at my bar are four different, different old fashions. Yeah. That pisses me off beyond belief. Oh, that is the that is the bar killer for me too. I think I've done a handful of consulting for restaurants and bars, and what I've always found is just if everyone's consistent, like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever experience that people are going to have at the bar, it's going to be different because the bartender is going to be have a different personality or talk to you different, or you're going to have a, a different rapport with them, but... That cocktail is always like you go, man. I just want to go to that place because they're this fucking cocktail. I can't wait to have it. Mm-hmm. And if you go there and it's different because it's a different bartender, that's that's the it's, kiss of death. Right. It's the same thing as like you know you go to your favorite restaurant and you order. I mean, I'm a creature of habit. I, I know a lot of other people are. They go and they order. For sure. They go for a certain dish and you mm-hmm. go there and you order it and you're like, oh my god, the chef must be different because it's just not doing it for me. That's disappointing. Yeah. And you know, the the big thing that you think about is, what are you doing? Like, I, you know, if you're at a restaurant working and you t- you have somebody come in, you have a customer come in, and it's they're taking time off of their busy schedule to come right. visit your place. Yep. And if you're not giving them 
the best possible service that that you can, then you're disrespecting that that person. Right. Like they should be getting the best of the best of the best every time they come in. And if you don't want to do it, then literally just don't don't be in the service industry. You know, because <laughs> I say the same thing because it's it, that consistency. You know, changes someone's mind. Like I mean, like I have never had someone be leave my bar disappointed. And I'm only saying that because I do everything in my possible purview to make sure that they're happy with what they get. So even if I they get a drink on the menu and I see them drinking it a lot slower than normal, you wanna I'm going to go, hey, them. are you guys not, are you not into this? And they'll say, no, no, it's good, good, it's good. I'm like, you're just mm-hmm. being nice. And right. I take it away from them and I go, I'm going to drink this one and then I'll just make <laughs> right, you something <right>. different. <laughs> But then I, you know, then you go into your spiel, just like all of us do, and you say, "What kind of stuff do you like? Do you like, do you like gin? Do you like rum? Do you like tequila? You know, do you want it sweet? Do you like, you know, tart? Do you, you know, want complexity? You want something fucking weird? You know, right? Let's go. And then, you know, if you have. I mean, we all have about a hundred. A hundred readily accessible recipes in our heads that are just in like sure, yeah. But then you can just, uh, you know, you can just fly off the cuff and just, you, you know, the Mr. Potato Head theory of cocktails. You're taking that cocktail, which is the potato, and you're just taking the different ingredients, which are the eyes, the mouth, the nose, the feet, and you're just plugging them in. Right. So it's the eyes or maybe the spirit. I can make an old fashioned with gin and it's going to be great. Sure. I can make you one with mezcal, tequila, rum, you know, maybe not vodka <laughs> probably <laughs> but uh it maybe won't be that great but that could be interesting like why not try that do you like a flavored mm-hmm. vodka old-fashioned that sounds weird but i think that it would probably end up being good when you right. take a fitzgerald that's the specific recipe that i think is the basis for how i create anyway it's like take an ounce and a half or an ounce and three quarters of a spirit three quarter citrus half an ounce sweetener that right there there's a million different options and now you've created something so simple but amazing you the know possibilities are 100 yeah. i think that's that's a very important thing that people understand is that you have to have the key to a, a, a great cocktail is balance it's right. not the strength of it it's not how much liquor is in it? It's it's is it equally balanced? Because you have to have the sweet, you have to have the sour. Well, you yeah, have because to have if you're just components. trying to get fucked up, you're going to drink liquor straight, and that's just it. order like, shots. You don't, yeah. Drink beer and a shot, right? Yeah. Just get a glass full of booze. It's totally have fine. a good time. Do it, right? Which, right. <laughs> but you said something earlier that I think is really important for newer bartenders that are listening to this, and maybe even veteran bartenders that are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice what your guest does. You notice it. So it's not like once you serve that guest that drink, your service isn't over. No. Oh, yeah. You, you go back and you keep checking and you notice, you see, okay, they're drinking this fairly slow. Either one, they're a slow drinker, or two, they don't really like it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, not okay, it's okay to say, let me replace this for you and give you something that you really want. Because if they're sitting there and they're trying to choke down this drink that they really don't like, but they're afraid to tell you they don't like it. That's not really a good time. That's not a good experience. Yeah, and they're gonna go. They're gonna leave that experience saying, "Hey, it was okay. Like the drinks were all right and whatever. Like it was fine." But if you're just like, 
yeah, he just took the drink and made me exactly what I wanted, and it right. was killer. And, That's and immediately is, people are coming back. Yeah, yeah and, and even just being a customer, like having that other person behind the bar be aware of your needs, like just uh-huh. that whole concept alone elevates it right off the bat, you know? Yeah, and you end up having somebody, you know, or the bar maybe says, well, now you're getting rid of this drink that you already poured. And we're like, well, I know this pour cost is $1.50. Right. Would you rather not have this customer come back until like maybe a month from now? Or do you want them to come back tomorrow or the next week, or, you know, con- consistently? Well, that's worth it to me to get rid of this dollar fifty. Plus, you know? word right. of mouth. I mean, it's hard to quantify right. all that, but it's absolutely. Oh true. yeah, hundred percent agree. Hell yeah. Um, and then you are now. You said you are working. You're doing a lot with woodwork, which is funny because your last name is Wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Woodworker, and I've actually seen some of the tables and stuff that you're doing, and and they're obviously, I mean, man. you guys can't see it, but you made the bar behind you. <laughs> I did. I, yeah, it's impressive, man. You're doing like almost, almost like a parquet look with different finishes, and it, it's really, really cool. Kind of more of like an industrial look. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but it's it's a really cool look. How'd you get into that? So what ended up happening was when I was at Vera. So Vera was like this uh, turning point in Buffalo, um, where it was there was no cocktail bars. It was just you know shot in a beer uh, wherever, and. Uh, a couple guys ended up opening this place and kind of turned the tide for us because, you know, it was all about cheap getting fucked up what it was. Right. And then when you start to develop, I mean, I went to milk and honey in New York city, uh, way back in the day. And it was just like, I didn't understand what it was. This is like, Jesus Christ. I don't even know. 2006 (laughs) or something. (laughs) No, it was before that. It was like 2000 or something, something stupid. But I remember going there and uh, Petrosky served me and I was I was blown away by what this drink was. But it still just had, uh, my friend took me in and was like, yeah, the drinks are like 12, it was 10 bucks back then in New York City. Right. <laughs> I'm oh, like, wow, yeah. that sounds And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I spending $10 on? They're like, don't worry, it's going to be delicious. And I had this, this, I just told him I like bourbon. He whipped me up. It was more or less just like a, just like a, a mash or something like smash or something like that. And it was delicious. And I was just like, wow, this is definitely worth 10 bucks. And then when they kind of popped in and at Vera and Buffalo, people like started to realize the value of it, you know, it sure. being a $10 cocktail. And then as we're ramping up and we started doing $12 cocktails, I did like, you know, this whole menu I managed there for like three years, three and a half years. And one of the things I did was it was like, bartender's choice but it was like top of the line not top nice. of the line but you know like really badass spirits sure. and uh usually we'll do we would do all the juicing right in front of you too just i would even a b people with hey here's our lime juice i juiced today like three hours ago and then yeah. here's a fresh fresh lime juice margarita or something and they would just go wow it's so much different i'm like yeah right. it's crazy how different it like the juice like oxidizes and changes within hours, you know, yeah. orange juice is the biggest like complaint is what an hour after you juice orange juice. That's shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all separated. Like, and yeah, it's garbage. It gets like fizzy. And I'm just like, I don't understand the, you know, the chemistry of this, but it's uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> we need to dump this out immediately before it blows up. But um, yeah, with, sorry, I had to get off topic, but Talking about Vera, like when I first started bartending there, I started building some shelves 
for the back bar. And then I started like, I built like a liquor cabinet for my house and then started doing some tables here and there. Um, it was just really rudimentary work. Was that something that you'd always known how to do? I mean, not everybody is a builder. I mean, I you I'm definitely not. have like the right brain creative side. No, Tom doesn't even know the difference between I am not a builder love you. at all. <laughs> like, did you teach yourself or? Yeah, I just kind of like would. I think what ended up happening was that it's just that other, it's that creative side. It's just creating something. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that I could just always... You know, I could visualize a song and be able to play it. Like, I didn't take guitar lessons, but I can play guitar. And I can, Mm -hmm. you know, pick up a song just by listening on the radio. Mm -hmm. So just being able to see see something, I'll draw a table out and go, okay, what do I need to do this? I need these tools. I need this much wood. And then just kind of try to figure it out. Um, And then it ended up, like, being where I wouldn't even draw the things and then I just start creating. And as I'm going just starting to put stuff together, this wood piece goes to this one and these ones all match up. And now there's this crazy design and I don't even know where it came from. Um, I I don't know where it, I don't know where it comes from. It's just, is that like curiosity? Is that like therapy to you? Is that like your thing? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it was, uh, I would, my early days doing woodworking stuff, I would just be in my garage for hours and I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about anything, mm-hmm. but just what this table needs. <laughs> like it's a person <laughs> right? like, yeah. what do I need to do to make you happy table? <laughs> and then <laughs> it's just like, uh, you need to put these colors next to these colors and cut these boards. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah. here you go. And then, <laughs> so then I would just like kind of sell some stuff here and there. And, uh, I ended up meeting a lot of people in Buffalo that do uh, woodworking professionally. They have their own shops and they do a lot of custom cabinetry. They do furniture, all crazy amounts of stuff. So during this, uh, during the pandemic, I ended up scoring a bunch of cool wood from somebody and I needed to mill it. So milling it down and basically just taking raw wood and then you're running it through um, a planer, a joiner and a planer to get it straight and flat, you know? So then you have like this perfect flat wood surface. No, I don't know. (laughs) So a a planer is basically just like, it's like a a conveyor belt with a bunch of blades on it. All right. I'm with you. So as the, as the board goes through, it's just peeling away layers of this crappy wood on the top, (laughs) like the rough wood. And it just makes it super flat and clean. So then you can take that and put them together and make tables and stuff. But I needed some, some boards milled. So I went to my friend's shop, uh, Norman Kramer and Chris Walsh here in, uh, uh, Buffalo NC, NC woodworking is their Instagram handle. And I just asked them if I could use their equipment. They said, yes. So I kind of started milling some stuff and then I asked them like, if you ever need any help, let me know. And that kind of turned into, yeah, we really do need some help. So you want to come here and know, right. So I just was there a couple days a week and still working at the bar. And then um, maybe a month into it, I just was like, I need to just focus on this. And now it's it's like learning another trade, but like something that this is like untouchable. Like nothing can happen where you don't need to know how to build stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. The world could blow up. Well, you got to rebuild it. Or this could, you know, everything could set on fire. Well, you still need to rebuild it. Right. You know? And Jason's going to be there to build the world up <laughs> and, again. And I good. will build it. I will build this it. I good. promise. 
So I love that. And you know, Tom is laughing over here, but Tom is Tom is just would rather pay someone like you to build it. It's just not, you know. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I would rather have you guys pay me so I can come hang out in Vegas with you for a <laughs> right? while. Um you also do something that's really, really cool. It's nineteen seventy nine designs and you make pins. I do. Like lapel pins, almost like the old Fridays. Like, let's talk about your flare pins. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're pretty badass. I actually contacted you to see if we get a Bar Stars Happy Hour one For made up. Sure. I um, didn't believe him. I'm like, that's so neat. How does he do it? How does he do it? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. How do you well, do it? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's a little <laughs> place called China. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, when I was at Vera, we... When I was managing there, I just really thought to myself, like, how much I wanted to make enamel pins. I was like, I just want, like, a little pin that says Vera on it, like, something cool. I ended up doing, um, you know, like, this is peace to everybody, you know, your hand with your fingers mm-hmm. facing forward. And then this way, in England, this means piss off. If you flip <laughs> your hand backwards. So it don't was make like, that mistake. Piss off. <laughs> so I made the pin like this. Nice. but. This is a V, so then I put Vera underneath it. Um, and nice. it, it was, like, really cool. It, what ends up happening is just trying to find the right manufacturer and someone I could communicate with well and that their quality was outstanding. So They are really cool. I found the right guy, and I've been working with the same company for uh, – it'll be six years next month and just putting out pins and – what ended up happening is just working in the bar. I started talking with reps and started doing pins for Campari with, uh, did pins for Fernet, uh, Fernet Branca. I did pins for, uh, McAllen and Highland Park, nice. uh, Scotch done stuff for like weird sake companies like Johto. Um, but then from that dabbling in that doing pin work for a lot of small businesses in Buffalo, like, little bars and restaurants or just people's like clothing companies or just something where somebody wants 50 pins or they want a hundred pins for like a wedding gift. You know what I mean? Not a wedding gift, but like um, instead of giving people like bubbles and like a bag of M&Ms with a name (laughs) on them or something, (laughs) you have like, you have like a cool like wedding gift, which right now I'm designing a pin for this couple that's getting married in May. And it's like they're, uh, um, one of their emojis of their faces or something. That's cool. And it's going to be super cute. Before we move on and get to an amazing fill the seats and we blow up your five senses <laughs> and we talk about the bacon incident. Oh, the bacon incident. We have to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Erica Krupp and RX Plus Massage. Yes, we here, as you guys know, are powered literally <laughs> by RX Plus Massage. And um, Erica and her team are doing some amazing things. And, you know, we just want to let you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner. Hint, Sexy hint, Tom. Don't forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but Erica's doing some great things. And um, She's got some good stuff going on on her Instagram about uh, Valentine's Day. So if you're out of ideas or you want to pick up a good uh, present or maybe send you and your significant other to Vegas, possibly grab some uh, massage gift certificates for a great Valentine's Day gift. Spoil yourself with Erica Krupp. 
I think it's RX supposed to be massage. spoil your significant other for Valentine's Day, but good to know what you're thinking, Tom. Yourself as a whole, <laughs> as a couple. Spoil yourself. Oh, there you go. That's good. Anyway, yes. Uh, go check her Instagram out, RX Plus Massage, and grab yourself a Valentine's Day present. But you're right, for yourself or someone else, because you love you too. Our listeners will get $10 off. Book it today. It's very creative. I'm more of a right brain creative type too, and like... When you were talking about making sure all the five senses are hit, I think that's really important because when you have, you know, say three, I think a lot of people don't even think about it on that level. But when you haven't had that entire kind of five five stuff connected, you don't, there isn't an entire experience there. There's more possibility to make it even better. Yeah, it leaves it open for, you know, some kind of doubt whether the place that you went was the right place. And if you don't give them that doubt by just enticing them wholeheartedly with all five senses, like, you know, you're leaving it open for that. It just, I think it's great to see that perfect glass that it's got to be the right cube if you're, you know, or whatever type of cube you're going to use. It's going to be the garnish. It's going to be that smell of the cocktail that's why, you know, I think smoking glasses is really cool, but being able to smell that smoke when you put that glass up to your face, that's a huge part of the experience. Right. It's not even like the smoker is fine. I've got one in my house. It's fucking great, I guess. But, you know, it's it's a but it's a smoke show. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, did you get that $70 smoked Manhattan? We're like, yeah, it was really great. But, you know, it didn't need to be. Right something fucking crazy (laughs) but i mean it it is it is awesome but uh like i just got i just got this have you ever used one of these before no whoa (laughs) so this is uh it's a coffee siphon uh this is what they use you can use this to make coffee there's a filter that goes in here Sorry, it looks this like is... the boiler thing in the science class uh-huh. where you like heat things up. <laughs> so, so this sucks for your podcast listeners, but if you look up coffee siphon, you'll understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, please do that right now and moving <laughs> forward. Uh, there's like a filter that goes in this top part, and then you would stick like the coffee in here, the coffee grounds, and then down here you have your water in the bottom, heat source below it. That goes up this tube creates the coffee in there and then when you take the heat source off all the coffee will come down this so thinking about this cocktail wise though is i'm thinking of infusing your own spirits Mm -hmm. so now you're taking all different types of herbs and orange peel lemon peel coriander cardamom whatever you want you're sticking that all on the top here with that filter throw in vodka down here tequila down here whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. Once you heat that up, it goes up through the top, and now it's like in this hot water bath, like uh, macerating with all these different things. Pull the heat source off. Now you have like this infused spirit in the bottom. That's awesome. Like you just did it yourself. Like it's kind of like a crazy way to do it, but I saw this for like 50 bucks and I was like, I don't, I got to give it a shot. I love that. I'll look into See it. what happens. Sure. So I think the worst thing is when. You go and you've seen it. You go to a bar and people are like, ooh, infuse this, infuse this. And you see this old looking, like disgusting bottle that they just shook up with something. And you're going, "Mm, (laughs) not so much. Oh my God, dude. We used to work at a bar. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Don't say which bar it is. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. We we used to work at a bar and we had this manager. Is this the bacon incident? 
Yes. Oh, God. And Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you can fuck <laughs> bacon up, but he did it. Um, so he had this great idea because we were doing infusions and all this stuff. And infusions take a while, right? Right, right. So he had this great idea to bacon infuse a vodka. Right. Right. There's a way you do that. Right. So let me way. tell you how this guy did it. Okay. <laughs> so he decides, you know, being a manager and all, he just decides he wants to do this. Um, he goes and it gets a vodka where the bottle is not clear. It's a colored, it's a dark color of vodka. Being nice. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And he decides to put about a pound of bacon chopped up and puts it in the bottle. This is raw bacon? Uh, cooked bacon. Cook, okay. He put, he, uh, at least yeah, that. at least he cooks it. <laughs> so he cooks the bacon. He puts it in the bottle of vodka and puts a top on it. Shakes And just it. sets it behind the bar and, and shakes it and never never really tells anybody. <laughs> so it's sitting back there for, oh, I don't know, a week. And he comes back and he's like, has anybody opened my <laughs> bacon-infused vodka? I said, What? <laughs> you did what? And he reaches over, grabs the bottle that was behind the bar anybody could have poured out of, right? And literally just shakes it again and puts pour spout in it and pours a shot. Oh, I have got to tell you that it was the most disgusting thing because, well, I didn't try it that time. I refused to. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> drink it either. He decided He decided to do it a different way, but still just put the bacon in the bottle. And yeah. he did it in a... Uh, a more clear bottle the second time, and you could see the fat just gunked on the inside of this bottle and just oh, separated. Yeah. And I, it was sitting behind the bar, and I said, get this out of here. There's no way in hell I'm serving this. He actually made a cocktail with that as, as the main spirit. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. There's no way I'm putting that in anybody's drink well you ever. can't serve something and we just dumped it down the sink but it was the most ridiculous yeah, thing i've ever seen that was do you ever have like a you know like a bacon vodka uh <laughs> bloody mary come on dude i told him i said if there was an easy way to do that don't you think that like the skies and the absolutes and the you know right. petals of the world would have it done already like i'm sure they have a bacon <laughs> extract that they use for all those brands i'm not saying that they don't use real fruit, but they don't use real fruit, in, guys. In, in my head, I'm thinking, <laughs> in my head, I thought, and this is my boss. Awesome. <laughs> so let's just take this quick moment to explain really quick. If you wanted to mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. what would you do? <laughs> so this is what we call fat washing. Education. So what Jason we're going to do. Yeah, this is great. So instead of putting bacon in your bottle of vodka, what you're going to end up doing is take the bacon fat and you're going to mix it with the vodka into a container, not the bottle, and then you're going to refrigerate it. So then what you do after that is that there is going to be a congealed layer of fat on the top. You're going to peel that off and now you have a bacon washed vodka. Fantastic. Okay. So now this is going to taste like bacon. It's going to be great. Or just any kind of fat. I've seen people do it with all sorts of stuff. Sure. So it's it's a very great idea. And you just if you can execute it right, then just do execute it right. You can probably look it up on Imbibe or you can just Google fat washing spirits and do it. It'll Bacon be great. Fat makes everything wonderful. It does. All right. This is our uh, every episode game we play. It's called Fill the Seats. Let's do it. 
whether you know the rules of the game or not, I'm going to tell you. Okay. You have three three open seats at your bar, and you can fill them for happy hour with anybody you like, dead or alive. It does not matter. Anybody that you would want to belly up at your bar for an hour and just chit-chat with, and why? Ooh. Okay. Um. Everyone takes this breath when we ask them the question. And, you know, it's funny. We talk to our guests after the fact, after the show, and they're like, you know, I have three new people now. Like, it always changes. Yeah. And, I mean, I've been thinking about this since we've been talking about it, too. And yeah. I was even yeah. speaking with my wife about it. I'm like, Julie, like, dude, what – who would I want to have a drink with? <laughs> and she's just like, so many people. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. Okay. So one I think would be a winner for sure is Will Ferrell. Nice. I mean, for sure. Yes. I mean, I've just always thought he was hysterical. I think that him and I would get along. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be all guys. That's okay. I don't know if this is a thing that happens, if it's like the it's okay. sex of your guest, like if they actually say like, yeah, it's usually just... Uh, Mine were all so, guys too. No. It's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think um, you know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is. No, I do not. No, uh, he's an actor. He did. Um, he's been on Walking Dead, being Negan on Walking Dead, the guy with oh, the baseball yeah, yeah. bat and the barbed wire on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he owns a farm uh, just outside of like Woodstock, um, New York. And for our anniversary this year, my wife and I went out that way. We went to Woodstock, and then he owns a candy store with Paul Rudd in this oh, little yeah. town. Wow, odd, right? right? I think they both live. <laughs> they both have places there, and they this candy store was failing, and they both bought it, and then just started kicking ass. Obviously, but um, I think because I just think that it's another thing where I think that him and I would be really good friends. I just. Right. I think that we'd have a rapport. I think that we'd make each other laugh and be like, you just got to come up to my house in uh, upstate New York and just hang out with me on my ranch. I'm like, yeah, let's go yeah, let's uh, milk the goats. I don't know. What we Eat do. all the candy you can. <laughs> we'll ride motorcycles, eat some candy, and milk the goats, dude. I don't know. Sounds like a day. Um, yeah. I think that would be great. And then um, Barack Obama would be Wow. No one has said that yet, and I've been waiting for it. I think that would be just... I don't even, I think it would be like meeting anyone that's like the biggest star in the world. I think that him, Like Oprah or. I would, don't think I'd ever want to meet Oprah. No, but I'm was, seeing like. Yeah. The level of stardom. Level of like stardom, yeah. yeah. I don't want to have a drink with her. God. No. no. She's going to talk about how much she loves bread over and over and over. And I'm going to go, great. Yeah, yeah. All liquor is gluten free. Shut up. Right? Shut up. Uh, Thank you. Ugh. Did you see that the FDA came out with a definitive statement saying that all alcohol is uh, gluten-free? I did not see that. I saw it a while ago, and I actually posted it. And I said, yeah. well, there you go. There you go for everybody says, I can't have gluten. I hate it. I right. hate when people order that, and they're like, um, I'm I'm celiac, or, or not celiac, I'm sorry. They're gluten intolerant, or they just say it. And they're like, I want this specific kind of vodka. And I'm like... I can't roll my eyes at you, but I'm rolling my eyes at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can give you that. That's fine. But I'm telling you that I can pour you anything else and it's just fine. Right. But I mean, the sensitivity, right. I who right. knows what that is and, you know, how sensitive you are to stuff. Like, 
if you're celiac, but I, I think understand. It's really funny. But like a lot of, 100%. I think that yeah, was trendy rather than backed by. Right, you put on your label that you're you're handmade and you're gluten free, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. mm. yeah." What well, what are they doing? That's handmade. How are <laughs> you hand making vodka? Do you, are you just super warm right, and you're just right, like right. your body's heating up the still? I don't know what what is happening. <laughs> your hands, you're just rubbing the still really fast. That's it. That is warming it, it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> handmade. I just stroke the stroke the still till it heats That's... up, and then you know the distillate comes out. It's perfect. That's funny. I gotta say, I'm pretty shocked that uh, as musical as you are, you don't have. Yeah, I was waiting for that too. You could, he might, you might have that. a music edition list, though, right? I think that that would have to be it. There would have to be a music edition list, I think, because. Whew, sure. Yeah, let's hear well, it. Let's right. do that. God. We got um, time. Let's put you on the spot. Let's do it. I think because he influenced me so much when I was younger and probably made me want to play music was Kurt Cobain, I think would be interesting. Mm, yeah. I, I think him, uh, I don't know if I'd rather have him being sober or being really fucked up. I think I'd rather have him being really fucked up. Fucked up, Kurt. Because I think that's like, because, <laughs> right. I mean, I think him being sober, he'd probably be really introverted. And if he's fucked up, he'd probably just be more, maybe more truthful. Maybe not, but right. I think Kurt Cobain would be interesting to talk to. Um, I think uh, all my people are dead. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mine too, man. Um, I think like uh, one of them I've met before or a couple times, but he's definitely one of my favorites is Josh Homme. I don't know Queens who that of is. The Stone Age. Oh, okay. Singer from Queens of the Stone Age. I have some really weird stories about that guy. Uh, well, just me running into him and stuff. <laughs> it's just odd, but... I, I always loved his music, and when I have met him, he's just been, like, a really fucking great guy. But he was awesome to hang out with, like, when I did. So I think that would even... Oh, it was, it was supposed to be someone you ne- haven't met before. That's a, No, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. No, it could be whoever you want. Um, yeah, and third... I think I would say Tom York, but I think he's probably a dick. So I feel like it'd be real. It'd be a maybe it'd be cool because he's such an asshole. So that it'd be funny. You'd kind of we'd just be assholes to each other, and then we kind of wink at the end of the cocktail. Right, dynamic. We'd be like, be like, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. You're a wanker too, and I'm like, yeah. So are you? I still love your music. And you're like, I don't know what yeah, you do, dude. but I guess I like you. <laughs> <laughs> that that brings me back, man. Like I said, we've known each other for a long time, and. Tom York and Radiohead. I mean, for those that don't know, lead singer Radiohead. I I want to speak for myself, but the people that I hung around, including you and Kyle and Wes, oh, yeah. and everybody were big Radiohead fans, and and I think that would be amazing to talk to that dude for sure, just to see if he's really that fucked up, or is it just part of his personality, or if it's kind of a for yeah, show. I mean, I don't know. It, I think it's, he it's spells really his strange. name with an H. It's T H O M, so that's pretty weird. <laughs> just a, just off the jump, so I'm gonna say that. I had somebody at work ask me that last is that week. A thing? Like, you spell your name with an H? I'm like, yeah, I wish that you no. did. Maybe no. you should look into you. changing that. <laughs> you guys ever talked to Thom Alley before? He's a really cool guy. <laughs> He's got a podcast and stuff. <laughs> what is his name? Thumb? That's a weird yeah. name. Oh, that's good. No, oh, it's a silent H. It's Tom, actually, but we like to mess with them. It's uh to to go back to the old days, man. I remember we oh, used yeah. to sit in my parents' basement. Yeah, I'm gonna need a good a Tom Alley from for... high school story from you. <laughs> T 
teenager teenager Tom story, and uh, we used to sit like little emo kids in my kid my parents' basement and play PlayStation and Jet Moto and smoke cigarettes. Jet Moto for anyone that doesn't know, Jet Moto was like it was a, a jet ski game. <laughs> it was like it was a it's jet ski racing game. I I don't even I can't even understand in my mind right now that that was something that we just loved it so much and we found like the secret pass oh, yeah. to go and like win the race faster. I'm like, yep. this was something that we spent time <laughs> mm-hmm. on. A lot of time. Oh, hours. And then we all got yeah. like we all got a little bit smarter and then instead of that Tom was practicing doing his flare bartending in the backyard. Mm. And I get to watch him do that. I didn't watch him flip bottles everywhere. Number one in the world for a while, I, or number two? What was it? I was at one point in time. I was ranked number one. I was the number one American for a little while. <laughs> That's so, what I'm talking about. Um, you ever talk about yourself and your amazing uh, accomplishments on your own podcast? I, you know, I try not to sometimes. But Do I got to bring it? I got to bring you it. You got to bring okay. it up. <laughs> but so if you got, so if you guys didn't know, Tom was a badass <laughs> with them bottles. What was that place you used to work at in the mall? Oh, Kahunaville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what brought you to Vegas. Yep, that is- and that's, you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason for everything. You did the the flair bartending. I remember you used to have uh, pour some sugar on me, and you oh, get yeah. up on top of the bar whipping bottles <laughs> around. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. It was like... It was like every hour on the hour, they'd have to have like a cocktail flip off yep. with the other bartender, that or we'd have to dance on the bar to like rock yep. and robin or some. I need like, some oh choreographed God. pour some sugar. I do. This is gonna be good. Oh, it was so good. I remember going there a couple times to watch. That's good. That's <laughs> I good. was a voy- I was a voyeur for Listen, Thom. For Thom. <laughs> Listen, everything begins somewhere, right? You got you yep. gotta have a beginning somewhere. That's, that's right. That's so funny. I remember we used, but that's brought that brought you to where you are, man. Hundred like percent. What's awesome is like what it was, and then Kahunaville gave you an opportunity to go to Vegas, right? Yep. And then you're fucking in Vegas, yep. and that was and do it doing the that damn was thing. it. You know, it's awesome. Twenty years later, yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We used to rock out on uh, old school Denny's too, and get about four orders of mozzarella sticks. Oh God. This Denny's. is where your mozzarella uh, like, stick obsession oh, yeah. comes About from. Midnight oh. or one o'clock in the morning, we'd all little moons over my head. There you go. <laughs> is that the only thing open there at that time of night? Yes, I think back then for sure. Like in our neighborhood, there was nothing. It was just Denny's. Yeah, yeah. it's like the that's it because that we're we're like a a suburb, Plainfield Township, which is a suburb of Grand Rapids. So just be like whatever. Uh, is a suburb of Vegas. It's, it's Henderson. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's where we Green are. Valley. I only know that because of CSI. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I would never know anything else about Vegas besides, or what's around Vegas besides that, because they were always in Henderson, because that's where all the bodies that's, were. That's true. At that point in is, time, they... Is that where the bodies are? Uh, no. Yep. <laughs> I think no. the bodies... Well, I'm not oh. going to say where the bodies are. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, we got to get your ass back out here for sure to get more familiar with this place. And I couldn't be happier that you were on our show. Thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Super fun. Yeah, this was a blast. I've seriously all the luck in the world to you guys. Thanks. So glad to meet you, Jackie. Nice to meet you. And I'm definitely going to meet you in person. And we're going to build you some shit. For sure, man. And we're going to do like we're going to do like a video podcast 
of that whole session of us just building stuff. Will you teach it's Tom how to build something? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I will. How about how about we do a uh, an episode of Tom's Bar with Jason? Oh yeah, there and we do go. it at the house. He probably really liked my bar, actually. Yeah, it's true. Well, just share some pictures. I'll share some pictures. Of I mine. will. I will for we'll sure. We'll see who stacks up. We'll see what's better, bud. Um, well, I didn't build mine. I bought mine, but it's really old. It's like an old rich mahogany look. Um, oh, rich mahogany. Yeah. I didn't know we were. Little anchorman. I don't know we were anchorman <laughs> right now. Okay. It was a thrift store impulse purchase, and thank God we had a car big Very enough true. because we weren't leaving the store. Tom was not going <laughs> to yeah. leave the store without the freaking bar. That's so, so funny. We went there for no, something completely different too, and it was just sitting right in front, like and you're gl- like, I'm sorry, this is happening. and I was looking, I was like, oh, I want a bar for the house, and then we walk in this place, and it's like there it is. There's nothing else in this, this giant warehouse. It. Like this is it. This is the one I want. <laughs> we went for a couch or a chair. And of course, I'm looking around for like the perfect color and the perfect this. I'm like, Tom, where are you? And he's like hugging this old bar in the, front the, of stool, the store. in the restaurant, <laughs> yeah. just chilling. And I'm like, doesn't this fit perfectly? And you're just like, yeah, kind of does. so good. Yeah. Get me the chair. You can have the bar. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, listen, everybody out there, if you get to Buffalo, go check out Jason at Masuda Childs. It's amazing. Also, 1979 Designs. Dot com. Dot com. Definitely check him out and uh, get some pins and you can uh, message me about if you ever need any like custom orders as small as 50. I do any small business. Doesn't matter. You want to do a thousand. I've done 20,000 pins at a time, so it doesn't matter. But I'm always going to work with everybody and make sure that they're super happy. Just like serving drinks. You know, Uh, we are definitely going to get some bar stars pins for our listeners and uh some giveaways and stuff like that. But my man, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, I will definitely be talking to you soon, man. Yeah, man. We got to get up soon. Uh, I'm going to come down to Vegas and we're going to throw some craps. For sure. Do whatever you want to do, buddy. <laughs> oh, you're not coming? Oh, I'm there. I said, <laughs> okay. we can do whatever you want to uh, do, my man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, All dude. right, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Have a great night. All right, you too. Later. I'm so happy to be catch back up with Jason. It felt so good to talk to him. Um, hopefully I can guarantee actually that it's not going to be that long (laughs) in between conversations. Um, but man, I loved talking to him. Yeah. It's been fun. You know, I think I loved meeting Jason. Uh, this week's episode was really cool just to get a very different perspective. And honestly, a another coast to coast interview, we're expanding our reach here. So things are up and coming, reaching out. I love it. And, Our first and, rock star on the show. Yeah, right? Love it. I knew that too. <laughs> I knew that too. And I was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, go check out his music on but, Spotify. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since they played, but It Dies Today is still very popular. I just talked to a fellow coworker of mine from Australia, and he said, holy shit, I listen to him all the time. He brought him up on Spotify, and I was like, no way. That is awesome. So they are still very relevant, and they are still rocking and killing it. Um Jason is amazing. Like we said, go check out Masuda Chow's if you're ever in Buffalo and 1979designs.com. You can get any pin you want. He's amazing. As always, check out our Instagram for some updates, uh, barstarspodcast.com. If you haven't heard our good news, uh, we were honored 
to be included in the top 25 new podcasts in Las Vegas. So we're super yeah, excited baby. about that by Las Vegas Entrepreneurs Magazine. Um, thank you to all the people that nominated us out of nowhere and voted. Technically and- number 12, but who's counting? <laughs> you know. I just, it's such an honor and we love doing what we're doing. So we're going to keep doing it. And that means join us next week for episode 26. Um, We started a new series on our Instagram IGTV called Tom's Bar. You can definitely check us out. We're making cocktails at home the way we want them at home. So definitely Ah. check that out. One where some of us are still stuck at home, you can still visit the bar right from the comfort of your own home. Check us out on IGTV and you'll find new episodes of Tom's Bar. Thank you for all the love and support, everybody. Until next time. Cheers. want to go to a bar with you and Tom and just like eat the popcorn and watch and see what happens because this is hilarious to me.